Welcome everybody to another edition of Coffee and Open Source, a place to meet some new friends, have some great conversations, and maybe learn something along the way. And I'm your host, Isaac Levin. If you're enjoying the interviews here, be sure to like, subscribe, follow wherever you're watching or listening. Also, if you're interested or know any folks that would be interested in coming on chatting, feel free to ask me on Twitter. My handle there is Isaac R. Levin. All right, so with that out of the way, I'm excited for my conversation. We were talking in the green room the entire time, and I almost forgot to do all the tech setup. So I'm really looking forward to it. And I just let's just get right into the conversation. My guest today is Jen Janot. Jen, do you want to say hello? Introduce yourself. Hello, hello, beautiful humans. My name is Jen Janot. I am the host of Teach Gen Tech and Shit You Don't Want to Talk About. I also MC, I'm a Developcado or a Devrel, as most people call it. And all around, just all about mental health and neurodiversity and tech. I think there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about. Like the neurodiversity stuff is is really interesting. The developer relations stuff is interesting. I just like the phrase developer Kato. I'm just going to say that. Like I hear that I when I before I joined like the DevRel space, I always saw it and I thought it was very, very cute. And I'm glad that people are still carrying it. It wasn't just like a flash in the pan thing. So that's really, really awesome. I, I want to start our conversation just talking a little bit about your tech origin story. I think it's always great to hear how people get started in tech. Like, do you recall like the first time you came across technology or software or open source or whatever you want to, you know, kind of attach your thought to and, and just tell me what your thought process was? Yeah, uh, well, I can't say I officially remember the first time. I do sure. remember things of like my dad doing things in DOS and then also um, wanting to, oh gosh, when Linux was in like early 90s, there was this like game that you would go through and it was kind of like a puzzle and like you'd have to back out of rooms if it was a dead end. And I was so obsessed with that game. I, I absolutely love that game. Um, so those are like my first memories sure. of tech. Yeah, My dad was also uh, somebody that he was like, he had to get the VCR. And I feel like I'm totally dating myself right now. No, um, the first Nintendo, all that. And we had the first PlayStation. He was really, really into all this technology. And for myself, it was like, cool, I want to become a computer engineer. That's just what I want to do. Cool. I love humans, but psychology, computer science, yeah. computer science is faster, makes more money. Let's go with that. My first, and this is gosh, uh, 2010. I'm going to my first like computer science course. I'm already failing through math like nobody's business, but I go through and it's a C++ class. And I paid someone to do my homework for me. I found them on Craigslist because I needed to pass this class. Sure. And I say that because I'm dyslexic. Mm. And I thought that I was failing math because I'm stupid. I thought I couldn't figure out computer science because I was stupid. What I didn't understand was I just swap a lot of stuff or don't see it yeah. or skip over things. And that was like my kind of start into more of a computer science background yet at the same time my first like real adult job was at Verizon a mobile uh carrier for those who are international you may not know who Verizon is and it was right when iPhones launched 
so it was learning going from like a blackberry and a palm pilot and a trio to iphone and android and yeah. not and this is something that i've realized in the last couple months realizing i knew what open source was without knowing what open source was because i would explain to people if you want to be able to customize your android go like if you want to be able to customize go open source with android but if you want things yeah. to just work is how i would explain it uh go with iphone sure, and sure. this is why to this day i have an iphone because sure. i'd always have to fix people's android's devices and yeah, I, yeah oh, it's it's fast forwarded from there and that is how i got started in my tech journey that's that's fascinating and i i i, I think we're of a similar age so i think that the like the juxtaposition of going from like you're talking about things that are very like analog, like VCRs and even like Nintendo, like I, I, I sometimes like reminisce of like blowing out the cartridges in Nintendo, like or mm -hmm. having to clean like the PlayStation disc. Like I imagine you probably still have to do that with Xbox or PlayStation, but I don't really game anymore. But like just like that tactile feeling of like I need to do something to make this thing work. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and I think that we lose a lot of that in technology now because the expectation is like, oh, this one thing that I'm working on is dependent on 50,000 other things, turtles all the way down. And if something isn't working, I might not have any idea on what is broken or who needs to fix it. Right. So like we've been completely kind of abstracted away from like being able to solve the problem ourselves in a lot of cases without knowing a ton of domain knowledge on that particular thing. So I do sometimes reminisce of like, oh, it's as simple as blowing out the cartridge or cleaning the thing mm -hmm. or, or cleaning the heads on your VCR. Like I totally respect that. So like that, that weird juxtaposition of going from then to now is very interesting. I also like what you were saying about like phones. Like if you want like custom customization and configurability, uh, go with Android. If you just want stuff to work, do the iPhone. I will say though, I have, I know plenty of people who can't like figure out iPhone either. So like, I've like, you know, I think we've all had to be tech support for someone in our family. It's like, I can't get my iPhone to connect to my iCloud or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it is very interesting that like, there is this, um, Apple's done a very, very good job of saying like, oh, like our operating system and our tool chain just works. And in Android, mm -hmm. it's like, you get the full range of, of all of your emotions. So it is pretty interesting. It is, it is. And uh, that is something that I actually started doing when I worked at Verizon was work on teaching people how to use their devices. Oh, so that's that cool. was that was part of the role of teaching everyone. And it's so cute because we would have all like all these like older people like learning how to do it and working together. And a lot of times it would be like little old couples. It was yeah. horrible. I mean, I specifically remember my dad like went and took like a like office proficiency class or like a word proficiency class like when I was in high school. Ooh, yeah. And I remember and I mean, I remember and he was talking to me about like, oh, they showed me how to like insert images into Word. And I was just like, you like somebody had to teach you how to do that? Like and I was like, you know, like an asshole 15 year old at the time who like knew how to like build web pages. But it was just it's just really funny. It's like if you kind of if you were born before this tech revolution you had to learn it right and now i mm -hmm. you know I, I i see my kids and you hand them a device and they touch they use the touch screen almost immediately and they know how to use it to the effect that if they like walk up to a screen and they touch it and it's not a touch screen they're like this the screen's broken right 
Like, oh, wow. it, it's so oh, I mean, it's just like built into people's brains now. Like if they're born and they're, they have these devices everywhere, like the expectation is, yeah, I touch it and it responds to my gesture, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's something that is a big reason why I started Teach Gen Tech, actually, mm. is because so many people find it hard to break into tech. myself included myself included but this is why both of my shows i always do my best to do what i call bus chucking myself um which like there's this term that is um uh called uh bus chuck someone and it's like getting them in trouble for something um because you don't want to get in trouble or like um and so I use the term bus chucking myself because I'd rather ask these awkward questions of to this day, to this day, if I am in a Word doc or a Google doc and it tells me the little wrap thing of an image, I'm just, I don't, I, don't, I just want you to go there. Can't you just go there? Like, can't you just like know where, I, can't this yeah. be like Canva? Like Canva, I can just put it there. Yeah. And Google docs, I'm just like, <sighs> Yeah, no, it's like we can go we can go down a completely rabbit hole on like the idea of like software that makes our lives almost too easy. Like uh, like my wife does a lot of DIY graphic design sort of stuff and she was doing it all in Photoshop and she found out about Canva and she's like, I can do things like 8x faster because all the, like mm-hmm. the stuff is already built for me. And I think that's really cool. But I think also in a few in a couple of years or whatever, like we're going to see a lot of people sort of lose a lot of those skills that were so that were so we were so dependent on currently or even previous years, right? Like we get into this I think we're getting into the state now where we have all these tools now. And the goal is to be as proficient as possible in as many tools, which is almost impossible. I've talked about this on my show, like, you know, um master of none sort of concept. But I think the having to know everything is val is valuable, but also special specific specialization is very interesting too. And I'd like to kind of get your thought is like at, at some point you probably found out like a, an area of tech that you were interested in. Like you were working in customer support, tech support at, at Verizon. Like at one point in time, did you kind of gradually move into this learning area where you're kind of in now? To, to go kind of into, um, what you were just talking about of like the tools that we have and having too many tech stack, but also the accessibility of tools does lead into like how I found my way into things. Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear thinking about tools like Canva to Photoshop, for example, yeah, it does make it much more accessible to many, many people being able to use Canva. Yet, it is very, very irritating when you can't do all the things that you can do in Photoshop. Um, And that happens in video editing software a lot of times too. I interned as a videographer and A, figured out not my cup of tea, yet I can edit things on TikTok, for example, that I cannot edit in Final Cut. Sure. Or I can't like get it Unless I use Final Cut, I can't get it done. And it drives me bonkers. It's a big reason that I don't use uh, Descript to edit my videos because it doesn't do things in a more technical way. Sure. And 
um, you mentioned uh, something like uh, saying um, a master of none and that phrase um, is uh, a jack of all trades is a master of none, oftentimes better than a master of one. Yep. Yep. And I say that because I use, I, I actually have a, um, a badge on my, um, on my backpack that says Jen of all trades. And I oh, say cool. that because I am very, very, uh, if I, I don't want to say a master of, but this is why I say like, I love human connection because it can take me in so many different directions. If I'm going to be a master of anything, it's going to be the master of saying, fuck it. Like that is what I want to be the master of. Like, if that's my one thing, that is what I choose. Yeah. Um, everything else though is, is very open. And for myself, I love learning about, for example, how with, um, why I was in interviewing with a company called Ivan. Um, Maddie was on the show a few months ago. I was interviewing with that company and um, I didn't know much about databases at all or data infrastructure. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's learn more. I'm applying for jobs here. And it was so cool of seeing how I can build something with a tool like Prisma using a tool yes. with Ivan and then being able to push it out and like, use something like Netlify. Yes, I just, for anybody that is a super noob, um, I just used a bunch of like lingo that, believe me, I'm probably even used the example of Netlify wrong. Um, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And for myself, it's hard for me to choose. I wanna go down this track exactly without knowing what's out there. And I'm still in that phase of, I mean, I only started teaching tech six months ago. Yes, I'm 60 episodes in, but there's so much to learn out there. Oh, yeah. I just started looking into um, serverless and being able to comprehend going from, you know, brass racks to bare metal to, you know, serverless and being able to comprehend that. Or I've been um, talking to a lot of Web3 companies and being able to comprehend that kind of stuff. I'm just like, there's so much out there and it is, can be very, very complicated and going down the rabbit hole. Like you can really niche down in all of these yet. I love knowing the overall of things. And also I think this is why I love emceeing because I'm like, I get to ask all of the questions Yeah, yeah. ever. I mean, I, I'll, we were talking about this before we started streaming. Like the whole reason why I do this show is to be able to have conversation with folks and geek out about tech and learn about people's passions in tech, right? So I, I subscribe to everything you just said. The thing that I, I love the most about, you know, folks like you that are learning in, I guess, learning in the real or learning like, you know, I guess it, out in the world instead of just like learning stuff like and then just showing content that they've built, right? Like learning, mm -hmm. learning live is very, very interesting to me. And I think one of the things that's very, very interesting is that if you bring your personality to it, like folks are going to, you know, have that level of empathy. They're going to have that level of connection. And that's really, really valuable, right? Because I think, you know, and I said this earlier, like there are too many options in technology. Like, mm -hmm. there, you know, there's too many tech jobs. There's not, a, not enough people that are skilled for tech jobs. And there's too many tools out there. And 
I can imagine now being somebody getting started and being just being like just completely analysis paralysis out of it, right? And like finding content that aligns to what I'm interested in and is almost essential to be able to stick with tech. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think, you know, I'd love to kind of get more about your thought process of like when you want to learn something new, like what you go, what paths you go down to kind of figure it out. Is it, hey, I, I've heard about this. I see a lot about this on tech social media. I should learn it. Or do you kind of just follow the train of like, I'm working on something and like, oh, like a lot of these docs talk about this thing. And maybe I should learn this thing too. Like, do you do it like in a sequential way or do you kind of do it a bit more chaotic where you just kind of follow what you're seeing on social media and other things? Both. Solid okay. both. Solid um, both. Great, great answer. This Solid is both. This is something that I think is why I to- talk so adamantly about like being able to say fuck it and get started. Like mm. that is how I started my stream and how like, you know, I'm able to learn live and ask these questions like bus checking myself. Yet one thing that I really struggle with is strategy. Strategy and I are not friends. We, um, like, I'm still need to finish, uh, you know, reviewing my past videos and getting their time codes done or scheduling and sitting down and getting videos done for shit. You don't want to talk about podcast and like, you know, strategy and I are not friends. So that being said is I've had to learn myself and this has been a big process of getting into tech is allowing myself to just be open Yeah. of one thing that I think is the worst thing to ask somebody when they're just getting into tech is, oh, well, what language do you want to learn? Yeah. Yeah. How are they going to know? What do you want to do? Yeah. Like half the time they're wanting to do it because it makes a lot of money. I want to make money. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's, the part that I appreciate my time at GoDaddy that taught me enough about like, I know what hosting is kind of, or I know what the domains are and DNS and, you know, it's, it's, they definitely piled on top of each other yet. I've worked for an API company. I am uh, at a part of a co-organizer of the Denver API meetup. I absolutely love working with people in the API world. And APIs are probably not something that I'm a hundred percent like super excited about. It's like, sure, sure. they're cool. Yet I would say more like serverless things or uh, cloud uh, or containers or like data infrastructure, that kind of stuff. I'm just like, I just find it so fascinating where APIs, I'm just like, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. Like they're needed. Sure. Don't get me wrong. And I want to support it, but I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I also think in general, like APIs are kind of mis um I don't want to say misidentified, but they're kind of, like people don't understand like the entire world runs on APIs, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you you call it you call an Uber on your phone, an, there's an API there. You check mm-hmm. your email, there's an API there, right? It's like literally like APIs are something that's just your entire the entire breadth of your being if you use technology has some sort of api hit but like the underlying technology is like can be anything like you're talking about serverless you're talking about containers you're talking about the other things Mm -hmm. right that's like interesting right so i think think as you get farther and farther down 
it gets a bit more interesting. But at the top level, you're like, okay, like web services, that's cool, I guess. But I, yeah. I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, you mentioned that you worked at GoDaddy. I, I, I'd love to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what are some of the things, because GoDaddy, is, for most for folks that don't know, they're, you know, I don't know if they still are, like the largest, like, DNS provider, hosting provider in the world, right? Like, what were some of the things that you, like, I'm guessing that you learned a lot working in that space, like you just mentioned. Like, what was, like, the, the key takeaway that you have from working there that you're like, oh, this is something that was extremely helpful as I learned, like, how technology works? Hmm. I, I will say that something that is, I would suggest to anybody wanting to get into tech, and especially if they're newer in their careers, they don't want to go the school route, is work for a hosting company or some type of tech company, um, which a lot of times with call centers, because they will put you through some type of sure. training. Sure. It was a six-week training, I think. I don't remember. This was like seven years ago, that they specifically were like, we will pay you for this training. You have one shot at the test. And if you do not pass, we're letting you go. Oh, geez. Okay. Like no matter what, they're going to pay you for the training at least, sure, you know, sure, they sure. have that going for you. Um, and as somebody that hates tests with a passion, like I was really nervous. I think I was like a point away from failing. Um, and, but at the same time, the six weeks that it took is it helped me conceptualize the internet and online and what's uh, like how we were talking earlier about being able to take out the game from a Nintendo and blow on the cartridge and put it back in. I could conceptualize that. I can conceptualize a phone even a bit more. But when you're talking about DNS or hosting, it's like you can't touch it. You can't talk to it, like you can't feel it. You can't really do anything with it, but you got to talk about it a lot. Yeah. So how do you not only understand it yourself, how do you break it down for others? Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why things like containers and serverless and data infrastructure and even Web3 is so fascinating to me because it's really hard to understand and yeah. learning how to break it down for others. Like, I think this is like my, my favorite thing to do in the world now is like, okay, how do I take what somebody has told me that's super, super technical and make it consumable? Yes. And I've like, I feel like I've made that, I figured that out for APIs now. And I figured out how to talk about DNS that way or email that way or hosting that way. Then I'm like, how do I talk about that for web three? Sure. How do you explain to someone what blockchain is? Let's do it. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think that's kind of like I don't want to say that's like the mastery of skill, but like being able to take the things that you've learned and give that information or give that sort of content to somebody else who doesn't know. Like that's, I guess that is some level of being adequate in something, right? Like I, I, I've never seen. I guess that's that's not true. I've seen people that they try to talk about something, but they really don't know about it. I'm guilty of it sometimes myself. And it just doesn't seem very genuine. You're just like it. I think the biggest thing that we can do is just be honest with folks like, oh, this was hard for me to learn. Let me give you some of the the tips that I use to learn how to do these things mm -hmm. with my own little spin on it, which I think is really, really cool. 
Um, I think also like the idea of like learning in the open is so fascinating to me. It's because like, like we talked a little bit about like neurodivergency, like, and I, I would love to kind of get your thoughts on like, what are some of the things that you found out about yourself as you've kind of done more of this learning in the open? Like, obviously some of them are good. Some of them probably not as good. Right. I'd love to kind of hear, you know, have you had any sort of epiphanies? Um, really quick to be for, yes, I will totally answer that. Um, uh, I'm just using some Googles really quick Sure. and neurodiversity refers to diversity in the human brain and cognition, cognition, for instance, uh, in sociability, learning, uh, attention, mood, and other mental functions. Well, I read all of that to say that I am. I'm, I mentioned earlier that I am very, very dyslexic. Sure. So one thing that I learned, um, I read a book called uh, The Dyslexic Advantage a few years ago. One of the best books, like seriously, anybody that if you, even if you think you're dyslexic, just go read this book. Um, and it taught me that I can, I can listen to things on double time or triple time. If I listen to something, I can consume it so much better than if I am reading something. So even to this day, like um, I started doing like a daily meditation, which yes, I'm totally like moving around. I have this book where I have a really hard time of always working on trying to learn how to get a daily practice or how to focus more on, and I'm not going into religion, y'all. I'm talking more like spirituality, like meditation, sure. that sure. kind of stuff. Um, and I've always really, really struggled with it where I got this book. And what I learned is if I read it out loud to myself, I struggle with a lot of the words, yet it helps me do it. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that is, that, that's cool. And in case anybody was curious, it's called Meditations on the Mat. Um, but the same thing goes to what I'm learning for code. So I have found, especially with having this book and also like I've been working on learning TypeScript. So, uh, Josh, uh, Goldberg, um, wrote this book, learning TypeScript, and he comes on my show and we're going to be doing, uh, going through the book together and learning TypeScript and it helps having a physical book so I can write notes. Yeah. And yes, there is a virtual book. I have the virtual version so I can use text to speech. That helps me a ton because I just said I was dyslexic and hearing things on double time. I can read through it a lot better. So it's like knowing that I may need to have multiple sources because learning from Josh's book, I've already been going through Python stuff for quite a while, mm -hmm. but I didn't know that I needed the book to be able to help with me yeah. doing it online. So I got the book as well. Sure. Um, so it's, it's been a lot of learning it through multiple directions. Yeah. And also when Jason, how do you say his Langdorf? Langendorf? Ling Langstorf? Langstorf. I never say his last name out loud because I'm always like, I'm going to butcher it. I just say, Jason, learn with Jason, yep. that Jason. Um, when he was on the show, something that he mentioned was that a lot of the stuff when people are on his show that are learning with Jason, 
he doesn't go back through and go try to do it later. He just knows about it because he's learning about it conceptually. Sure. So later on, when he needs to dive into something later on, it, he already knows the information. And I was like, you're famous and like people like really respect and you do that. Do you do that? Cause like, I yeah. thought I had to do like X, Y, Z to like really dive into this. And I was like, Oh, that's why so much of it makes sense. That's why I love emceeing because I can dive in a little bit, but it helps me know enough to keep a conversation going, but not too deep where I'm not asking questions that other people need to know. Yes. Um, Another thing that I've I've learned with uh, learning in public and being neurodivergent is I am super, super ADHD. Mm-hmm. And that means that it can be hard for me to stay on, on task. Sure. Um, it can also be very, very difficult for me to go from point A to point B. Hmm. Yeah. I say that as... Um, Actually, uh, this isn't a tech reference, but this is something that um, recently came up as a reference is I was on, um, I ended up joining a, a CTO luncheon thing where I got to like hang out with a bunch of CTOs. And I was like, dude, that's so cool. That and they were cool. like, hey, if you want to interview, do PAR. I'm like, pardon me? What? Yeah. And they're like, PAR. And I'm like, what is that? And they're like, problem action uh results yep and i'm like cool that totally makes sense um what's the problem yeah yeah and like it just doesn't click so it's been a lot of having to ask people for patience to help me break it down and ask somebody or multiple people a thousand different ways So like I've met with multiple people after that call of like, okay, so I have teach gen tech. How do I put that into par? Yep. And they were like, well, why did you start teach gen tech? And I was like, cause I wanted to be a dev role and to be a dev role, I need the content. And so people were like, Hey, if you need to learn tech and you need a content, why don't you start streaming? And I was like, sure. Let's do it. And a week later I did, but a lot of people don't see that as a problem action result because they're like, well, what was the problem for mm. a customer or oh, sure. a client? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but like somebody else broke it down for me of the problem was I needed a career. I had a career objective. Um, so I needed content and tech skills. The action was easily accepted easy accessibility from experts and having a creative approach with it. And the result is I've been able to share more of the industry with others. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's cool. I never would have yeah. gotten there. It's, it, it is quite funny that like, sometimes we get so in the weeds is that like, you know, like the cliche, like hard to see the forest to the trees, right? Where mm-hmm. we, we know that we're trying to do something for some particular objective, but we get so bogged down in the work itself that sometimes like, it's just good to put everything down, take all the steps out and say, okay, what exactly am I trying to do here? Like in your example, I love, you want to learn new things or you want to get into DevRel and you looked at other people that were more, that were successful in that space. And you said, these are the things that they look to be doing. Maybe you talk to them and then you built out a plan. And I can relate that like 
regardless if you have ADHD or not, it, that's something that's really, really hard, right? Like conceptualizing like a plan of attack as a singular person is very, very hard because there are all these other outside stimuli that really are kind of grabbing your attention. And it only is worse if you have ADHD. Like my ADHD manifests more as like I can't context switch, right? I can't context switch very well and I lose time. Like I'll look at a clock and I'm like it's 4 p.m. Like what happened? Like mm -hmm. my coffee mm -hmm. is like half drank. I'm like what happened for the last six hours? And like I have to like kind of unwind myself and figure out like what what did you do all day? Like obviously mm -hmm. I did stuff because I wasn't just sitting there like sleeping. But like I kind of lose that memory because things go by so quickly. And it's very, very interesting because when I talk to people about the way my ADHD works, they're like, wow, that sounds substantially more exhausting than like not being able to like focus. And I disagree. I think they're both equally terrifying. But I think that's so interesting. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's absolutely bizarre how like how it manifests with different people in different ways. Um, you should definitely, I will do an introduction. Um, please remind me if anybody hasn't checked this out yet, uh, Labau Spark has a podcast and it's all about ADHD people. Um, and we talk about it a lot there and I hear how ADHD presents for you. And I've heard about this from so many other people too, that I'm always like, dude, I wish I had that. That'd be so cool. I'd get shit done where, yeah. it, and that's the idea of, like a that also compares myself to others so if i'm not careful that can cause myself to put myself down where i have to go okay cool that is the way their adhd presents my adhd is i have really bad executive dysfunction disorder um which for me what that does is i um for example can't go from point a to point b like I am really good at comprehending really high level stuff. So when people are talking to me about web three or all these like really hard topics, I'm like, okay, cool. I can comprehend that. But going and doing that in like actually coding it can be very, very difficult when I'm like, I don't know what goes after this. So it can be very, very hard and also knowing where to start so that's a big reason that uh you say that like getting started and having strategy when i started teach gen tech there was no strategy it was just like i'm gonna do it it's gonna be yeah. fun yeah and strategy is something i struggle with sure. really really struggle with and it's a big reason that we talked a bit about the neurodiversity side of it um I, uh, every Wednesday, I host a Twitter space called Neurodiversity and, or Mental Health and Neurodiversity in Tech. And a big reason that I focus on it, and I love being a part of the tech crowd and understanding these very, very logical items. And one of the biggest things that people ask me about, they're like, well, why don't you just do mental health and stuff like other, other places? And I'm like, because we need to make tech accessible to those who struggle with these items, but also, so we have it on very, very many different levels of men's mental health is not something that is talked about very often sure. and also not supported. So that's a, a big reason I'm doing it. And also making tech accessible to those who are no offense, but not white dudes that happen to be in the industry. So like everybody yeah. else, um, 
And that's a big reason that I do it because there's all these barriers that if I can bust chuck myself, we can have these conversations and I like talking about all this. Um, but a big part of it is when you've had six hours pass by and you're like, dude, where'd the day go? Yeah. Have you ever had it where you're like, you've beat yourself up because you didn't do all the things you wanted to do because you got hyper-focused on something? I'm sure. I mean, I, I beat myself about every up about everything. Like I have a huge chip on my shoulder that I'll never be able to get off. Like I, I'm always like chasing the next thing. I'm very guilty of like looking at the grass always greener or this offense or whatever the cliche you want to use. Right. But I think one of the things that I've tried to be a bit more aware of is just making the decision. Cause I really get into the state where I want to like, I want the first edition edition of something to be perfect and like as mm -hmm. you know as somebody who creates content like more than likely the first time you hit record it's not going to be perfect and mm -hmm. it's okay if you have to stop and then start again and stop and that really frustrates me because i kind of have a bit of a like i like to have control over the situation and kind of failure isn't really exciting for me and i've tried to spend a, a bit more time just being okay with the uncomfortableness of the way that i am right? Like making decisions is hard. Not being perfect is hard. Um, trying to figure out what the next thing is I should be working on. Like I've, you know, I've, I've looked into getting like those ADHD timers, which I think um, are helpful for a lot of folks. Uh, I think there's also just in general, like you have to just accept who you are. Like, I think a lot of us mm -hmm. in tech, in not, in not even just tech, it's so in, so in society in general, we spend so much effort trying to like fix ourselves when mm -hmm. sometimes we probably don't need to get fixed. Like we just need mm -hmm. to be able to adapt to the way that we are a bit differently or inform other people that, hey, did you know that, you know, I have ADHD, it's hard for me to do these particular things. Just a warning that if you notice some something that you're not familiar with, it's not me trying to do something in negative light, it's just me being who I am. And I think that's really, really important. Um, and... I think we're going to get better over the course of as we mature in society. Like 20 years ago, nobody talked about ADHD, right? Mm -hmm. Like now everybody is starting to get more and more comfortable. There's still stigma around it, but people are starting to feel more comfortable talking about it, which is good. And I, and I hope in another 20 years or another 40 years, like there is this expectation that, yeah, if you have some sort of neurodiversity, then we can talk about it and it's okay. Right. Like I look at my kids and my kids are substantially more evolved than I am when I was their age. Like, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And you bring up so many good points. That is something that we've actually talked about on these Twitter spaces is parents of neurodivergency, especially if it's like the parents are neurodivergent themselves and being able to see like what they have going on with themselves. So I, I feel like you were talking yes in tech and like finding ourselves, but I can only imagine as parents, I'm not a parent. I, I'm a, I'm a dog mom, but sure. she actually finally fell asleep. This is exciting. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it's something that to your point of, of just getting started and just doing it is the scariest part. Yes. And one thing like many many things that i've learned since learning live is people are incredibly supportive and i know 
a lot of that will have to do with me being a female in tech, me being a white female in tech. Yeah. There is a lot of privilege that I was given going into this journey. And it's something that I've learned that if I can show others that we can get through this, they can do it as well. And it's yeah. also made me realize, as you were just saying, talking about things of like Wesley Faulkner, um, he was actually the first person I talked to about going into DevRel. He is over at AWS, at least as of this recording, I think he is. Um, and he, he told me about being dyslexic and ADHD. And that was the light bulb I needed to be able to start teach gen tech because this is why I never finished my C++ class. And it was like this weird way of hearing somebody else go through it and that if they can do it, oh, it's like not that they said it, but it like gives me permission to do it. And that is something that I think is is so important in our society now and something I love about tech Twitter. And um, I am curious, what do you think about all the Twitterness? Are you gonna jump ship to another platform? I I mean, I can talk about this pretty openly. Um, I get very frustrated with uh, with technology sometimes. I kind of like am old man yelling at cloud occasionally. And um, <laughs> My two cents on other platforms other than the ones that currently exist that are new, um, they need to be as accessible as possible for me. I can't like, I don't have a lot of interest in like configuring my own server and setting up s service discovery and like just doing, have to do a bunch of extra steps. And that's, I know that's knocking one particular platform, right? But I guess from my perspective, like I want to be able to log in, see stuff I care about, and inter interact with people that are in my that are in my network or people that might I might be interested in enjoying their networks, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know that we're gonna get there. We also might get to a point where the existing platforms might stabilize, and these conversations about moving to other platforms don't aren't necessary. Um, I have created accounts on other platforms. And whenever I go to like check my stuff, I just get kind of overwhelmed sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess from my perspective, if there's a forcing function that causes me to have to move, I definitely will. But mm -hmm. I'm probably going to be the last person on Twitter. Like that's like I, I I think that's kind of my my thought process. I would love like what are your thoughts? Like as somebody who it seems to me like based on this conversation is far more interested in a little bit of pain than I am like learning new things? Like, is this something that is exciting for you or is it also kind of dragging mentally? Um, interesting that you say that. That is something that I think uh, is, is a good call out is, and I, I won't go into all of this right now, but if anybody wants to know, I've been through a shit ton of trauma growing up. Um, it's all on the podcast side of things called shit. You don't want to talk about the website for that one is shit. The number two talk about shit to talk about.com. I say that because I don't want to bring down the conversation. I think that it made me realize that I can get through a lot of this pain, um, of switching platforms or learning something. But that being said, this is why I avoided Twitter for so long. I just started using Twitter, like actually tweeting in June, 2022. I've never used Twitter before that. 
I never posted on TikTok. Uh, I kind of got into Instagram. Facebook was kind of weird. LinkedIn, I didn't know what to do. And it's it's definitely something that I I think it's I definitely feel like a sheeple when it comes to social media uh, platforms. And by that, I mean, I will just follow the herd wherever they're going. I'm going to go. Um, I'm not an early adopter when it comes to that. Uh, I feel like on a lot of things, I'm not an early adopter. I'm more of a let other people test it out. Then I'll go. But then I want to do what's needed to bring everybody else with us. Sure. But I want other people to do the the hard work, like yes. figure out if it's working, is it broken, is it going to like actually stick, and then let's bring people with us and make it more accessible. And I think that's something that um, I I liked a lot of the platforms. I think they all have something cool. I just get lost in how many I need to check, why am I checking them, what do I need to use them for? Because for my Teach Gen Tech show. Twitter is mainly the main one, maybe like LinkedIn or Mastodon, where for my podcast, it's mainly TikTok and Instagram. Sure. So it's a lot of more that goes into the marketing side of things than the logical side of things that as a content creator and as learning live and doing tech and human connection, I'm like, there's yeah. there's only so much I can take on. Sure. Yeah. I I totally respect all of that. Like I think, and everybody's going to make their own choices, right? Like some people decided mm -hmm. immediately, like they have sound disagreements with the the course of of certain platforms, and they're going to move, and that's fine. I respect them. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just saying for me, and this is hard because part of my job is like being in like social media and being on you know tech Twitter, all these things, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But I think at the end of the day, like it's really, really essential for us to to do the things that bring us joy, mm -hmm. right? And if me putzing around with like where my content is going to go brings me joy, that's cool. That's great. Mm -hmm. um, I want to focus on connections, right? So that's doing mm -hmm. things like this. It's, you know, I love to go and speak at events. So going to go speak at events. And that's only a part of my job. But I think the biggest thing is like, I only have so much time. Like I have a friend of mine who, who, who tragically says like, we only have so many keystrokes in our, in our hands. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that it's like, you have to do things that bring you some form of value. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me that, you know, figuring out where my con where I post my content to isn't super important, which I'm guessing is probably a bad thing. Cause I I'm in DevRel, but I, it doesn't matter. I think from my perspective, I'd much rather spend it on things that I do enjoy. What, and, and please let me know if I'm overstepping. Yeah, what I fun. hear is that you care more about, and this is a, a phrase that I was told many, many moons ago from a manager is that I'm a mile wide and an inch deep, meaning that I don't like, I like learning about everything all at once. Um, but it sounds to me like if we use that as a reference to connection, you care more about building very, very deep connections with someone rather than the hitting like the masses. And I think that is at least yeah. what I'm picking up from the way you describe that. Yeah, we can go. We I can spend the next 20 minutes talking about all of my personality quirks. I think 
from my perspective, I, at one point in my life, I was very extroverted, like probably like negatively too extroverted. And over the course of time, I, I still am pretty extroverted. Like I can go and meet and talk to anybody and it's enjoyable for me, but I also get very tired of it quickly, quicker. So I think it's, mm-hmm. I've become more of a, like, what's the phrase, like an extrovert introvert, like somebody who mm-hmm. doesn't mind talking to people, but they get exhausted from it pretty quickly. Um, I do like the, the idea of like, kind of like spanning my breadth of, of, of people I talk to things I learn, stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I also run to this thing a lot where I have a hard time learning new things if I'm not interested in them. So like I need mm-hmm. to be have like some catalyzing moment where uh, I need like, oh, I need to learn this thing because it's of value to me in this one particular area, right? Like we were talking before the stream about setting up like OBS, for instance. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do, I wanted to look better on camera because, you know, I only got what God gave me. So I want to look better on camera. So in order to do that, I got to learn like how to look good on camera. And, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of the catalyzing moment for that or the the thing that, you know, moved me forward. I have a hard time in some areas, like I've joked on the show tens of times, like I've tried to learn Go, the programming language, like a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Like I go with the tutorial, I do everything, but the, the knowledge never sticks. And it's probably because I don't mm-hmm. put enough practice into it. Or mm-hmm. it, I haven't found like a definitive reason to like, learn that particular technology stack really um when i had no other options and Mm -hmm. because because of that i've kind of learned a lot lost a lot of motivation so like that's just a little subset of isaac's kind of uh idiosyncrasies but i think that the biggest thing to go back to your original question was i really enjoy talking to people about all sorts of things like i don't mind having awkward conversations about politics or religion or Kubernetes or, or whatever with people. Like, I don't like it's, it is what it is. Like, because I understand that I'm a bit different than the person I'm talking to. And if that person can convince me, like, that's great. But also at the same time, I respect the fact that I'm very hard to convince. So it's interesting. Like it's fun because I get opportunities to do things like this, talk to folks like you, and it's really valuable for me. But I think the big thing that I, I want to kind of summarize that that phrase that whole thought process with is like, I do this because this helps me. So it is there is some selfishness to it. I'm not doing this for the greater good. I'm not doing this to promote my guests. I, I promote my guests because it's a nice thing to do, but I do it to learn myself personally. I think that's very fair because um, and. Some things that like pop in my head as you're talking is like, definitely, I think we all have a, we, we sometimes need to analyze why we're doing things and also to, uh, to be okay that a lot of times they can be very selfish and that's okay, you know, um, but I feel like that's like a philosophy talk that we could just like talk about forever. Exactly. Um, I am, and I find it very interesting how you were talking about Go specifically. I had pe- uh, somebody come on my show to talk about Go because I was like, I keep hearing about it. Everybody keeps talking about it, but I don't get why it's so cool and why it's so complicated. Sure. So yeah, I walked away from this conversation going, I don't, I don't even hmm. know what you just said to me. Cool. And where like OBS, for example, on that example, I'm like, I haven't even learned how to use OBS enough because I'm like, I don't see 
is it a different enough than a tool I can use that I can learn very quickly? And I think that goes back to the same thing with the um, with the social media platforms on like what is going to be the like ease of access to be able to make a bigger impact. Yeah. And I find all of this so interesting and it really does go into tech on like how we're going to learn things, what we're going to do with it. And is it going to be worthwhile for us? Yeah, I think that the, and this goes back to our conversation about learning, right? I think we all learn in different ways. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you showed like a couple of books, right? Like if you went back 20 years, everybody learned from looking at a book because there wasn't mm -hmm. so much, there wasn't Udemy courses. There wasn't hundreds and thousands of hours of YouTube videos to watch. There wasn't Twitch live streaming. So you had to go buy a book. Nowadays, mm -hmm. like when you see somebody holding up a book, like I'm not going to lie. Like I was like, oh, you, you bought a book. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I, and, yeah. And, and I think there's value in understanding that people learn differently and mm -hmm. trying to teach somebody how to do something the way that you feel most comfortable learning, it probably won't end well. But if you do mm -hmm. it in a way that provides empathy to the fact that like this person doesn't know how to do this thing and you can help them, that's where you really win. And I think that's like so just like I, I know we're coming close up on time, but like that's just like such a good part is like empathy. It goes into mm -hmm. all of this, everything we've talked about, everything in Devrel and tech and all of it. Like empathy is something to get excited about because it's what creates the connection to you make all this tech happen. Yeah. I mean, and that's the that's the most important thing that I, I, I love to talk about is like, you know, what brings you joy? If you find other people that are talking about what brings you joy, they can help you. And look, mm -hmm. let's be real. Like some people don't want to help other people. That's totally fine. That's your agenda. Mm -hmm. But like if you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitch, if you're on YouTube or whatever, and you're like providing value, like most, like we were talking before the stream about like the fact that I've had some pretty cool guests on my show, right? Mm -hmm. The only reason why those folks said yes is because they're cool people, mm -hmm. right? I have a lot of people that I've reached out to that have either not responded to me or they said no. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's okay. So like, I think that's the thing is you find the people that are kind and you find the people that are interesting and you follow along with what they're doing. And maybe you'll find something that you both share that you can work on and build a career out of it. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's, that's a big way of really looking into it. And that's what I had to do for my show too, is, mm -hmm. I've reached out to so many people. There were plenty that didn't reply or yeah. that replied like six months later, which is yeah. okay too. Yeah. I do that. I do that all the time where I'm like, yeah. shit, I forgot to reply to them. And it's been six months. Uh, and that's again, another conversation of the shame and, you know, that can go into all of this. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and I think one of the things about, like you just mentioned the word shame, that's really interesting to me is like, we have to do better in tech of not making people feel uncomfortable because we don't do things the way they do. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I mean, like we talked about this already, like my, my visibility or my opinion of tech is substantially different because I'm a straight white guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, somebody else that's different, has a different background than me, has a completely different understanding and a different opinion of how things are in tech. And what we if we can have empathy again to talk about empathy with those folks, it's going to make the entire industry 
just a little bit better. No, I'm not talking about moving mountains. I'm just like talking about like, just like taking like one step forward. And that empathy and awareness helps break that chain. And it's these small steps that will eventually move a mountain. Maybe not in our lifetime, but small steps over and over again is what it takes to get started and get things moving. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think, you know, this is a great way to kind of sum up the conversation and finish it off. Um, I I love asking my guests like one last question at the end of the show, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it. So if you could kind of take all of the things that we've talked about today, uh, you know, tech, open source, empathy, how we can do better in tech, and your thoughts on tech in general, and you only had one word to describe that feeling or that that happening that you have. Like, what would that word be for you? Curiosity. Curiosity. That's a good one. I, I think we've had that a couple of times, and I, I don't disagree with it at all. And that I think, you know, we're, we're this is comes to an end to our hour, right? I, I want to thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show and just chatting with me about all sorts of different tech topics and. Uh, did you have any last parting words before we sign off? Just uh, blah, 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 words. Those uh, are words. Those are words. Those are words. Well, we'll make up some words. Is no matter where you are in 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 your career in your journey, is there's always going to be somebody that's doing it better than you. There's always going to be somebody that's doing worse than you, and just getting started is taking a huge step. Yes. Totally. Agree. And fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, I can't, I can't uh, agree more. Let's just say that. And for folks that might not be following Jen already, it's Jen Janot on Twitter. Uh, and there'll be some links to some of the other stuff, including her podcast that she talked about in the show notes um, when this show gets published. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on the show. And this is a pleasure. I'm Isaac Levin. Thank you so much for tuning into Coffee and Open Source. We'll see you next time. Take care.